automate your sales process, retain key employees, save hours from each landscape project by finding, estimating, and obtaining landscape materials more efficiently. Those are three key areas of your business that if you made even a small improvement would have a big impact on the whole year. And that's why I'm excited to announce that on Thursday, March 9th, I'm hosting a half day virtual event called Win the Spring in partnership with Team Engine and Landscape Hub. Check out winthespring.com for more information and watch today's episode where I'm gonna give a sneak preview of what you'll learn at the event as I interview directly each of the speakers who share valuable tips about how to retain employees, how to source your materials more efficiently. I'm gonna share some examples of how you can get better results faster from your sales process. And Joe is gonna show you how to make an old fashioned. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're gonna increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jostis here, and if you haven't met these companies already, I'm excited to introduce Landscape Hub and Team Engine. Many of you know me from my work with Ramblin' Jackson, and one of the reasons I love running this podcast, The Landscaper's Guide, is because I get to talk with very interesting people in the snow and landscape industry. Today we'll hear from Dave Pacifico from Team Engine, who's presenting how to increase employee retention with communication at Win the Spring. In today's interview, Dave shares a tip for retaining employees that may seem like low-hanging fruit, but I can tell you that most of the landscape industry isn't implementing this simple tactic quite yet. First, I had a great conversation with Will and Joe from Landscape Hub while I was in Illinois last week at iLandscape. It was a great conference. It didn't snow. Turnout was awesome. And while I was there, um, Will and Joe did this conversation with me as a preview of their presentation from When the Spring, Take the Pain Out of Purchasing with Digital Procurement. So check this out to hear some job costing tips and ways that you can ultimately avoid being penny wise and dollar foolish this spring. All right, everyone, here I am with Will Haverkamp and Joe Jurisic from Landscape Hub. We are at iLandscape right now. Yep. And we were just admiring Will's shirt. Will, tell us about the shirt. So if you uh, if you look really closely, these are all the ingredients to uh, an old-fashioned is what they are. And yeah. what, what are the ingredients? I haven't made one in a while. Joe is going to tell you what the ingredients are. I believe it's uh, club soda, oh, depending on how strong you like your drink. Club soda, bitters, um, uh, what's uh, the... Um, Simply, sh uh, the simple sh uh, sugar, sugar, yeah, simple yeah. sugar, and whatever your favorite bourbon is, and then I think yeah. you can top it off with a, and and also cherry, depending. On, uh, everyone's right. got their own style, but those are the core ingredients. So, and then you know all of the ratios are just depending on how much of a strong drink or how much of a sweet drink you would like to have. So, well, very good. Well, yeah. so so tell us something about plant procurement and material procurement. That so we were today we were talking with somebody. Um, who thought they were getting a discount, yep. but then ended up spending the whole day driving to the nursery to get it when they could have had the material shipped. And do you hear stories like that often or? Absolutely. So, it, you know, when it comes to discounting uh, and what our, actually what Landscape Hub does, you know, they're, 
there's plenty of, uh, it has to do with relationship, honestly. And um, it has to, it's, it's typically based on spend with a nursery. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing goes with, you know, with Landscape Hub. Uh, you know, a, a certain customer spend through us with a nursery. Uh, it could basically qualify them for, you know, volume discounts, that sort of thing. Um, there are some, some nurseries that uh, actually participate in volume discounts with Landscape Hub and some that don't. Um, it's been something that's been an evolving thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And so really like what you're talking about is, is are you losing, uh, like let, let's say there might be a, a small discount that a nursery extends to someone, but you might lose that and actually like traveling to the nursery to pick that up. Um, those are things you gotta weigh your costs and understanding those costs. Some people don't, they don't see them as costs, but mm. I think that's something to actually bring to the surface is a great point. So well, so there's, there's one, there's the fuel cost, yeah. and then there's the actual wages. How much time did you, did it take for somebody to go and how much did you pay them? Yep. And then Joe, I think you brought up a, a, the bigger picture is what else could they be doing to generate revenue or what could they be doing that's more productive? Oh, of course. I mean, everyone's short labor nowadays and why pay for someone to drive around and try to pick up plant material when you can work with the nurseries, you can work with folks like us at Landscape Hub to ha- handle the logistics. Um, and at the end of the day, sure, you may think you're you know saving money by having someone run and picking it up, but like as you said earlier, it's you're spending extra money. You have to look at it total acquisition costs versus per unit cost. And it's sometimes, like Will said, that's hard to realize, but when you mm-hmm. dive into it and you look <coughs> at all of your different discounts across the board, you look at the time it takes to get those, it ends up being a wash. Whereas if you go through one consolidated source, uh, they end up actually saving you money in the long run. It doesn't may, it might not look good in that instant, on that instant job report, but in your P&Ls, you'll start to see it show up. Well, so, so how can people do this? Where, where should they look at this and how can they coordinate this with their team? Because I was just having a conversation with three different people from a landscape company and they're saying, oh yeah, we did it this way because we were getting the, the price per unit savings. Sure. And then the other person was like, yeah, but we lost $1,000 on that project by driving around. So how can, how can landscape companies coordinate this with their teams? Because not everyone has access to a P&L and they're just looking at that that project report yep. at the end of it. So how do you, what do you recommend to, to landscape companies so they can kind of get get their head around this? Yeah, I think they just, it's looking at, I mean, if, an easy thing is just to look at where that driver goes throughout the day mm-hmm. and, and, and how far they travel. You can do very simple math. You can just of their route throughout the day, how much fuel they're spending, and mm-hmm. then taking and looking at all those individual um, purchases and then comparing with the discount versus buying it maybe all at one location, every wholesaler, maybe one single nursery, maybe doing your procurement online using some of the tools that we're going to be talking about here soon. Um, and that's a great way to start is just get down to, it's just the same thing as doing a time study for install. Look at your raw costs, start from there and do it over a week. And then take the time when you have it, maybe it could be winter or for the uh, southern states when they've, you know, in between the holidays and compare it and say, well, did we really save that that cash? And that's something that a project manager can do along with, you know, someone that does have access to a P&L to, to um, compare the different, you know, cost savings. And in some instances, if your discount's that great, it does make sense. But majority of the time, especially with the rising costs in our industry now, it doesn't make sense. Well, and Joe, I have this card here, and on it, it says you're going to be presenting, you and Will are going to mm-hmm. be presenting Take the Pain Out of Purchasing with with Digital Procurement at Win the Spring. What other pain are you going to help people take out of purchasing that I guess you're seeing happening? 
along with purchasing, there's estimating, and Will and I were both contractors and sitting down and doing takeoffs and manually doing mm -hmm. them. I, you know, I made a couple of mistakes. I know Will has made mistakes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> 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 but ha using someone uh, like you know what we're going to talk about it when the spring to uh, you know in a sense sub that out so that you can focus on other tasks. That's going to be huge because the nice thing is when you work with someone that can do it for you, they'll give you a format that you can then work with a digital plant procurement person, landscape hub, you know, we're gonna mention a couple others in our talk, and it's gonna just, you'll see the efficiency start to come through when you use technology to take out those pain points. Now, so for people who are watching this or listening and they're like, wow, this sounds great, but it's spring, it's too late for me to adopt something new. Is it is it too late? No. Is this something I need to wait for next season, or could I learn to do this now? You can do this tomorrow. Well, with what Will and I are going to talk about, you can you can integrate it into your business tomorrow, and that's the more you can do now, the easier your season will be. So, Will, when it comes to digital plant procurement, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people is, well, I have these relationships with the nurseries that I've had for 10, 20, 30 years, or I've had the relationships with these suppliers, and that's the key to my business. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. Um, do we lose it or how, how does doing this with digital tools and technology, how does it impact the relationship? I'll give you a mix of the long and short answer. So this is kind of a two-faced deal. It's, uh, there's concerns from the supplier end and then there's also concerns from the buying end as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really like, you know, building a marketplace, it's um, one of the things we've had to really face and it's a very common question. So. Uh, but really what, what our, our website is meant to do is it creates an ease of transaction for the supplier. Uh, as a supplier, like they're going to they're gonna get orders every which way to Sunday. So it's going to be text, it's going to be phone call, email. Can you imagine consolidating it all into one platform to where it comes in an easy way? So really the thing like even just at iLandscape this week is I've been a, it's been a topic of conversation and talking with suppliers about um, just that, that very thing that this is a relationship-based industry, and this this like this industry has been built on mm -hmm. relationships. So, our job, even at Landscape Hub, is to kind of marry the two together. So, it's really for a supplier, you see it as a sales channel. For as a buyer, you see it as an ease of transaction as well. So, literally, that buyer can call that supplier and say, you know, hey, uh, I've got a Landscape Hub order. Let's talk about it. And again, it's a question that I ask. Um, suppliers as well, mm -hmm. they say, well, what happens when a customer calls me and asks me about a landscape hub order? My answer to that question is very easy. Well, what do you do when they call you about a regular order? You talk about it. It's the same thing. Right. And so yeah. really it's about, it's about perception and really like cutting out the, uh, the blurred lines of, of like, hey, you know, landscape hub is an extension of a supplier's team as well as we're an extension of a buyer's team. Um, you know, a lot of these folks like landscape companies are, they don't have enough people to sit in the buying seat. They need to be able to move through estimating and quoting and then also placing orders easily. And so does the supplier on the other end. They need to be able to work through these orders. They're also suffering from a lack of labor and all mm -hmm. those things. And, and this is something that just streamlines, streamlines the process. We're not trying to cut out the relationship. We're trying to enhance it almost and cutting out yeah. the noise, Jack. Well, I, I feel the same way about sales too. Yeah. Is, is, you know, so we've shift a lot of things in 
selling to happen online. So yeah. some of the things that I'll be talking about in my presentation will be about pricing pages, giving people price ranges in advance, sure. having fill, uh, forms that they can fill out online that you might ask them verbally normally. A lot of people are like, hey, it's 10 o'clock at night yeah. and I'm just finished talking to my spouse about the landscape project. Cool, <laughs> I'm gonna fill out this form right now and get this to you. Yeah. And it and like you said, it enhances the relationship sure. and it makes you easier to work with. Right. Every relationship of every kind requires good communication. And if you can be easier to communicate with, yeah, it just enhances the relationship. It, it doesn't replace it. It's just happening online. 100 percent. And there's a lot of questions that we ask up front of the buyer about a, about a certain order. It's a very, uh, you know, can you accept a truck at, at where you're, you know, mm -hmm. as far as can you do a semi that's delivering to the actual job site? So there's a lot of lines that we clear up, uh, you know, pre um, you know, prior to them placing the order that there are probably questions that they would work through with the supplier that might take 20 minutes to talk through on the phone. Mm -hmm. But it's again, it's, it's um, realizing what that process is and how it saves you time. I think it's to, it's to fear the unknown. It's a false evidence appearing real, you know, what they say about fear. And, uh, but, it, but it's once you dig into those transactions and you recognize like where the time saving is from a buyer standpoint and a supplier is really where you start to win, so. Awesome. Well, speaking of winning, yeah. we hope to see you all at Win the Spring, <laughs> Indeed. where we will uh, we'll hear more from Joe yeah. and uh, actually from Joe yeah. and Will. I'm, yeah. I'm getting it mixed up here. I know who's who, though. Yeah. So we'll see you guys there. And uh, speaking of winning, we all, we got to get going. We got to go play some top golf. Amen. Let's oh go. Yeah. Let's so go. Um, let's all right, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Next, we have Dave Pacifico, the co-founder of Team Engine. Dave is a software engineer and product manager. He has worked with hundreds of green industry businesses um, over the last five years, as well as hundreds of other blue collar trades businesses. And I'm excited to have Team Engine partner with us in this event. They're one of the few softwares that I actually recommend to my clients and and that's because i always want to recommend things that are really good and i love ultimately the the thought that goes behind team engine and dave i wanted to ask you know for for landscapers listening what are some of the ways that employers can make their teams feel valued yeah thanks for uh thanks for having me jack i appreciate it uh, we're super passionate about this just the idea of taking taking these kinds of jobs and turning them from more transactional, the idea that somebody is supposed to show up to the job, get the job done, go home and be happy about having a job. It's just not working anymore. Uh, and you know, we're really passionate about turning them into careers and things that where people feel, feel passionate about the company that they work for and the job that they have and the team that they work for. And so some of the things that we see most being most effective is just making them feel like owners of the overall business in terms of the problems that the business has to solve. You need to hire a lot of people, get their referrals, get them involved in the goals that you have for hiring and expanding your team. You know, people want their friends to have good jobs. They want to work mm -hmm. with good people. You can get them involved in that. Get their feedback about how you can improve. You know, don't oftentimes as everyone, you know, generally we all know the best ideas can come from the people who are experiencing the day-to-day -day work of the business and are out there in the field, get their opinions, get their thoughts on how you can improve. How can safety get better? How can 
uh, you serve your customers better and then show them that you're reacting to that feedback and taking action based on it. And, and I think your team will feel like they're really part of something bigger than just the work that they do day in and day out. I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, as far as communicating with your team, a lot of a lot, especially during the springtime, a lot of landscape companies, they might have multiple crews out and it and it can be rare. I have a client who told me that their whole company only gets together once a year yeah. at their Christmas party. So they've got all these different crews coming in different times, going to different locations and different vehicles. What are some of the ways that you can use technology to to communicate with all those people without them having to come to maybe another in-person meeting, which right. is just difficult to get everyone to? Yeah, and, it, and it's not timely. You can't get the information out quickly in that way mm -hmm. either. Um, so, you know, and the other, so the, the natural thing that a lot of people in the world would think about is we'll send them an email. I think, as we all know, mm -hmm. uh, this type of workforce, um, they just don't necessarily use email. It's just not natural. It's, it's not something that they're going to mm -hmm. respond to regularly. And so we just find that text messaging is an extremely effective and actually preferred method for communicating uh -huh. Uh, with field workers. In fact, when when um, people apply to jobs and we ask them, is it okay if we text you as part of this job, as this, part of this hiring process, we see 96% of applicants actually opt in to receiving texts. And this isn't, I have the checkbox checked by default and if you forget to uncheck right. it and all of a sudden you're getting <laughs> all these marketing emails. You actually have to opt in and check that box in order for us to right. send text messages through Team Engine and 96% of people do that. I think that kind of speaks for itself in terms of what they prefer uh, in terms of communication. So are you actually sending out texts then to get survey data or to ask people how they're doing? Yeah, I mean, you can you can really do a lot. I think as, as most, especially younger people know these days, you can send a, you can get, get a lot done with text message. And so whether it's mm -hmm. getting simple information out there or recognizing someone's birthday, work anniversary, those things are really important, but you can also survey them. You can say, hey, what, what could we be doing better today to make your job more more worthwhile? Or what's one way that we could be safer on the job site? Things like that. Um, and just get that mm -hmm. information really quickly and easily without anyone having to install an app, manage a username and password, anything mm -hmm. like that. It makes it really simple. So as we enter what some people call the 100 days of hell, right? It's a very busy yeah. time yeah. in the green industry. What are some of the ways that employers can get their their teams involved and communicating with them even when it's during that super busy time. Yeah, so we feel pretty passionately about the the value of automation for really repetitive stuff, but doing it in a thoughtful way. So when I think of automation, or when a lot of people do, they think of that really impersonal bot type frustrating experience where you're not, mm -hmm. you're clearly not talking to a human being. But if you need to get simple instructions out to somebody, or you want to recognize someone's birthday and you're going to say the exact same thing every time, there's no reason why you need to do that manually every single time in the exact same way. You can combine being personal with automating uh, those steps. And so that can save you time during what's an incredibly busy time of the year. Um, and then, like I said, just identifying the problems and the challenges that go into that those 100 days and figuring out how to get your team involved. If we need to hire a lot and get ramped up quickly, well, referrals can be a great way to do that, like I said. Or um, if you have particular challenges, things you want to improve from the last 100 days so that it's a little bit less hellish this year than it was last right. year, 
know, how do you get that information? Go survey your employees. Don't just rely on your office staff or your leadership mm-hmm. to determine how to improve this year versus last year. Get the whole team involved. Well, I really like that. And, and one of the ways that I do that with my own team, I use Google Google yeah. um, survey. I survey sure. my team quarterly and yeah. I ask for an employer net promoter score. Yeah. And I've learned that asking people, why did you give me that score is one of the most important things I can do. And I believe it has led me to have deeper conversations with employees right. that I've then retained because I listened to them and I found out about issues and it doesn't always end with just getting a response to the survey. It's often of like, hey, I saw that you gave us this feedback. Can you tell me more? And um, and sometimes there's not more, but a lot of times there is. And that that I think you're absolutely right. The the people who are doing various roles in your company are aware of problems or things Mm -hmm. that could not only help with employee retention and their satisfaction, but often you know, customer satisfaction and, 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 and customer retention. So yeah. I really like that. Um, Dave, I'm really excited to have you at the Win the Spring event. You'll be presenting how to increase employee retention with communication. I'm, I'm super stoked for this. We've got why communication is so important to employee retention, what you should be communicating and what to do with the information, yeah, how to use important. text messaging and other softwares without blowing up the cell phone of one manager. I know so many, um, you know, landscapers who like one person's personal phone, they're sending out to applicants, right? They've got dozens of people. They've got all these other people. It's a total mess. So I think hopefully that person doesn't leave. Well, and I think there's a risk here in not doing this really well, because if you're, if you're asking for this feedback and you're starting conversations, but you're not, responding and following up on the information, it can actually make things worse. So yeah. I'm really excited to, to learn from you and your presentation. Um, check it out at winthespring.com. And uh, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the Landscaper's Guide. Yeah, sure. It's going to be great. Hope to see you at Win the Spring. When you've built up a good reputation for your snow and landscape company, you're going to get referrals in the spring. And after you've established the foundational four, your branding and differentiation, your website, your local SEO and online reviews, you're going to get way more inbound leads coming into your company. While referrals and leads are ultimately a good thing, when you get a huge volume of them during the spring, it can create a lot of stress for you and your staff, the people answering the phones, the people who are responding to the forms on your website. By leveraging automation, you can save not only yourself and and your employees' time, but also your customers' time. And when you save everyone time, they're going to enjoy working with you, both your employees and your customers. This will free up time for your employees to truly serve customers and do a great job and actually sell instead of teaching people landscaping 101 over the phone to find out that they don't have a budget. In my presentation of get out of sales with an automated sales process and advanced lead qualification system, I'll be sharing ways that you can reduce the amount of time that you spend on sales while generating more qualified leads who close in less time and ultimately increase your close rate. At Ramblin' Jackson, one of the reasons snow and landscape companies trust us is because we work to help get the owner out of sales.
That is if the owner wants to get out of sales. Some of our clients, the owner enjoys doing sales and awesome, cool, we can help you make your life easier. And for many of our multi-million dollar clients, their goal is to build a system that their employees can implement for them and that's where we can really help. Here's what Nate Dixon, the project manager from Techscape's Nursery and Landscape in Texas had to say after we helped them brand their sales process, automate appointment scheduling through their online calendar, and even charge for appointments. Yes, charge for appointments in Texas. The, the whole process has saved, uh... I don't really think I can even put it into a, a time, um, a, a narrow time, days. I mean, it, it saved honestly days because like I said, Mondays you come in with 20 notes. Well, now I have 20 emails and, and um, it, they, they're, they're already, they already have their place on the calendar. So um, I don't have to worry about calling them back, setting them up an appointment and all this. It's already done. Um, I answer questions that they have in, in specific. Um, then we meet and go over each one of their projects. What's amazing about this is that it has allowed the owner of the company, Casey, to focus on other areas of the business, like developing high school apprenticeship programs and flying his airplane. How cool is that? For real, he has an airplane. So if you want to be like Casey and fly an airplane, you've got to come to win the spring. A lot of people say that spring is the start of 100 days of hell. And it is going to be hard, but it'll be a lot easier if you can automate parts of your sales process, if you can retain your key employees, and if you can source materials more efficiently. Join me at Win the Spring on Thursday, March 9th. Bring your sales, marketing, and operations people for the price of just one ticket without even having to leave your office. Check out our early bird pricing at winthespring.com. I'm Jack Jostis. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Landscaper's Guide, and I look forward to seeing you at Win the Spring, winthespring.com. So, I love helping people with this and I'd love to show you how to do it.